Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. Uh, we're going to use uh, Isaiah 59, 19 again as our text. And we're going to be continuing along the same path that we talked about yesterday. The first part of this week, we were talking about what is happening in our society, particularly regarding education, uh, particularly regarding children, parents, the jurisdiction of family. One of the things, one of the ecclesia principles is jurisdictional government. God established four jurisdictions, self-government, family government, church government, and civil government. And each have boundaries, and they don't overlap. They have their own jurisdictions, just like um, Augusta County uh, Police Department does not overlap with the Rockingham County Police Department, the Sheriff's Office. Those jurisdictions do not overlap. They are separated by a boundary. The same thing is true with the jurisdictions that God has established. Now, with this, we've talked about how that really, since the 60s, it, it was in play before that. But uh, it really began to hit and impact our culture in the 60s, that there was a design to tear down the institutions and the values and so forth that had been a part of our nation. That design was there. Matter of fact, one of the earliest um, uh, things that was done, uh, Horace Mann, who was considered the uh, founder of, of public education, he, in the late 1800s, he established a group that signed on to the idea of separating education from churches, to separating education from religion. And that group, if uh, the gentleman, uh, Mr. Dewey, that established the Dewey Decimal System, the uh, father of modern education, he was a part of that group. And you see, that began in the late 1800s, began to gain momentum, and all of it was designed Two, and the plan was, was to begin to educate the teachers so that they would teach that these things need to be separated. Go back and look at it. You see, uh, to, a lot of people think that everybody in the world just deals with their stuff today and don't think about tomorrow. No. Uh, there are people that uh, their organizations are at some stage of a hundred-year plan. And, and at that point, Christians are probably the worst at failing to plan. And if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. And with that, that is really much of what has happened to our nation. Christians have failed to plan for how to preserve our nation. The founding fathers understood it. And that's one of the reasons that the educational systems were built, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, for the purpose of the proclamation of the gospel. Go back and look at those 
founding documents for those schools. They understood that if America was going to be what it could be, proper education aligned with the gospel of Jesus Christ was essential to America being what God wanted it to be. The problem is the founders understood that. They instituted those things, but the succeeding generations failed on how to plan to continue it. And so some of those schools that were established for the purpose of the gospel are diametrically opposed to the gospel today because we failed to plan. We just, everything was good. It wasn't a crisis. We don't really need to worry about it. We can just enjoy the day. And so we planned nothing. But yet, those in darkness were planning. Starting in the late 1800s, how can we get education away from Christianity? How can we get the education of young people away from the church? How can we get it away from the influence of God? How can we do this? And they have been pursuing it since the late 1800s. And again, some of that really began to take fruition in the 60s. And ever since the 60s, there's just really been a flood. Isaiah 59, 19. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The enemy, especially since the 60s, has been coming in like a flood to undermine and destroy the basic values that were built into America from the very, very beginning. It has, it's been uh, one of the biggest things with a flood. It washes a lot of things away. It, it, it takes things away that were there. It'll, you know, a, a real flood, I mean, it can pick up and move the trees. And the bottom line is what has happened in our nation. The, the enemy has brought in a flood that is wiping away things that have been built into our nation for centuries. And we're standing on the banks of the flood going, oh Lord, do something. Oh Lord, do something. Well, he says here, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You see, and understand, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But notice, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You see, the flood is a person. The flood is people that are having an impact. The standard that the Lord will raise up is people. God raised up Moses. God raised up Noah. God raised up Jesus. There's other accounts that God uses people to stop what the enemy is doing. But so often we're asking God to do something when he is dealing with our hearts to get engaged. He's dealing with us to rise up because he's wanting to raise up or lift up a standard. And we're praying for this and God's going, stand up, stand up. You want me to raise up a standard? Stand up. And so many Christians 
are not wanting to get involved. And well, you know that that that's just not, you know, that's just not our place. That's not our role. Um, aren't we the salt of the earth? Salt, in in the situation that Jesus was referring to it, he wasn't referencing it as a seasoning. He was referencing it as a preservative. In the ancient world, salt was used more as a preservative than as a seasoning. And from that standpoint, you are the salt of the earth. If God is going to stop the decay, what's he going to do? He's going to add salt. He's going to bring salt into the situation. If darkness is encroaching the land, then what, what is God going to do? He's going to create some light. Well, who is the light of the world? Well, while Jesus was on the earth, he was the light of the world. But he told the disciples, he said, you are the light of the world. Well, are you his disciple? Then you're the light of the world. Are we putting our light out there? Now, understand that uh, we need to do it uh, respectfully. We need to do it in, in, in a proper Christian-like fashion. But that doesn't mean that we don't do it. It doesn't mean that we don't have the backbone to take a stand and continue to stand even in the face of disagreement. We maintain, we love people. People are not our enemy. They're not. We should not treat them as our enemy. God wants to save those people. And we need to conduct ourselves in a way that our interactions with them would not keep them from wanting to get saved. That's how we need to function. That's how we need to act. But we still need to be salt and we still need to be light. We don't put it under a bushel because, oh, they, they think the light's too bright. No, the light is not made to be put under a bushel. They may not like us preserving and hindering the rot, but that's the purpose of salt. And if the salt has lost its savor, it doesn't matter. And if you would, Jesus said, it's, you throw it out and it's trodden underfoot of men. What's happening to the church today? Because we have not functioned as salt, because we have not let God raise us up as the standard to what is happening in our world, the church is being trodden underfoot in our society today. And the bottom line is, at that point, it's not a thing of about attacking other people. It's we just got to start being salt and light and loving people. And if we'll do that, then the standard will be raised. The standard will be raised. You, you, know, you, can, uh, you can dispel all kinds of darkness just by flipping a switch and turning the light on. You see, so much of the time when the enemy's coming in like a flood, we're looking at how powerful the waters are. You know, to me, that's one of the most uh, amazing things that, you know, when, when I was growing up, a farm we lived on out in the front of it, there, there was a stream, a very small stream as a child, I played in that stream many times. And 
it, there were times, especially during dry spells, like you know we've had some of this this summer, uh, it would just be a little bit of water. But I can remember, actually, I think it was 69. Um, you know, we had a couple uh, hurricanes come through. Hurricane Camille, I believe, was one of them, uh, if I remember correctly, about 69. And when those came through, that stream, it, it got very wide. In certain places, it got outside of the banks. And I can remember we would go out somewhat close to it and look at it. I, I saw it actually, uh, a car crazily decided, wanted to try to go across it. And, you know, my dad was telling them, no, don't, don't do that. Well, they did it anyway. Well, they ended up having to climb out through the windows and get up on top of the roof and jump and have somebody grab them so that the, the, the current didn't, um, didn't just wash them away. They got out of the vehicle, but next thing you know, that little tiny stream had grown into a flood, and it flipped that car over, and it actually took it downstream over a mile. Just kept on over my, because of the force of that flood. You see, so often we look at the flood of darkness that is coming, and it is out there, and it is powerful. But here is the simple truth it doesn't matter how much darkness there is, darkness is dispelled by light. If you would, there's an element where we need to stop looking at what the enemy's doing and we need to focus on us being light, us being salt, and doing it in a way that we can win people to the Lord as well, but not change our values. You see, that's how when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. He raises up his people. Be that person. God bless you. See you next week.